Why? You are on the Giant Cards for Robot podcast. What is everybody favorite? I'm your host, Desmond. That is Moon Boy. <laughs> what up? Putting out the government names out there, dirt. Um, this episode, um, like we said at the start of the year, a lot of content. A lot of content. We did WandaVision, Justice League review. Um, I'm probably gonna sit out on the Loki review because I'm not a big fan of Loki. So I'll probably sit out on that. One. I'll, I'll probably let everybody else. Why don't you mess with Loki? Never. I was never a fan of Loki. It's like the Joker effect. Um, a toxic person and all this fandom force it toxic. Don't mm. get it. Like, I get their damaged goods, but like it doesn't. Ex- their I want to kill everyone. Behavior. That doesn't no, I don't get a pet. You don't get a pet. Um, so yeah, I might sit out on that review. One, um, I know Benita. Um then we got in something that we think is what um fuck the walking dead. It's all about invincible. <laughs> it's all about invincible. <laughs> Now, I will give Frank Darabont this. He did adapt the first arc of The Walking Dead with T for the show. And then after season two, it just went, it went skewed. Followed the comics like, and that why, and y'all probably like, what does that have to do with the invincible? Well, we watched episodes one through four. And while, yes, Invincible is following the arc that is going to lead up to, I think, is going to shock shock the world. It's ultimately going to get to um, what I think is going to really going to fuck everyone, everybody else. Do you agree, my friend? Oh, definitely. It, you already got like a bits and pieces and hints of it from the first episode. Like, it was wild that like we got that already. You know, how I'm killing killing their, their equivalent of the Justice League just like that. That whole fight scene was amazing. So, as always, for these reviews, um, we're, we learned our lesson from WandaVision, so we're going to start with episode one, work our way up to episode four. Um, this is me and Ray. I, Ray has finished the entire series. I stopped after a specific moment in Invincible, which I don't know if, it's, if it gets picked up for more seasons. I don't know if they're going to adapt that um, specific part. Um, uh, I'll let Ray know after the show. He'll probably be like, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> the audience. It'll be, a, it'll, be a major, just, it'll be a major spoiler for the audience if it gets that far. I actually never finished the series myself. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know how it mm-hmm. ends. That's also another spoiler. I don't want to give that. And I don't want to tell. You, you know, being... Mm-hmm. You know, being a poor college student, you know, not having money, it was hard to keep up with the comics. Happens. Um, Invincible ended at issue 148, and I know people are like, wait, wait, that is an odd number. Yo, when you feel like it's, when Robert Kirby feel like it's time to end, it ended. Unlike The Walking Dead, that ended, what, up to like, close to 100, 300 issues? Oh, I thought it was still going. Oh no, that's over. I think the comic is over. 
Because I, I remember... Um, no, fuck, I'm going to spoil it. Um, it ends with Carl. Um, not dead, unlike the, unlike the show. And... Yeah, it, it's just the, it was just the indifferent ending because I think he got exiled. Oh, that was like, really? That... Fuck this comic. But um, <laughs> I know how Invincible ends, and if you're you're gonna have it's the long it's the long con on this one. Um, but we're gonna as always for the rigmarole for the, for the Jack Country world because I'm jumping ahead. So. You can follow us as always on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, coming soon to Apple Podcasts. All we need to do is uprest the photo, but I'm so protect him. Um coming soon to YouTube, maybe during the summer. Um and like we said before, well I said, um Loki review, maybe uh, more likely the end. Um, we're doing the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two is up right now on Spotify. Um, we dedicated that episode to my who from day one, Iron Man up until Far From Home was her last movie before she got to see. And I 100% agree. She would love Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision. But I know... 100% she is not going to like Invincible. So we're going to start with episode one of Invincible. Um, no, we're not, we're not going to be sad. We're not going to dedicate. But all MCU movies will be. As we go forward. Um, episode one. Did some notable changes from the, um, from the comic. Like, have you picked up on it um, from watching it? Because I, I, I was fortunate enough to rewatch it again for episode four. And I noticed, and I reread from the first trade, so I noticed the, the the a lot of changes. Like it was moving more; it was a more faster moving pace as opposed to the slow burn in the comics. Definitely, I felt like um, well, like I haven't reread the comics, so I may be wrong on this, but like I felt like them showing the depths of the um, I forgot what's the name of the Justice League, the Guardians of the Globe. Um. Yeah, Grace of the Globe. Like I felt like that was like introduced way too fast. I thought it was like a more of a slow burn in the comic where they like let you get acquainted with um, um Omni Man, like see how he is and I see like, oh, this is a great guy and then they like like came out of nowhere with it. Like you didn't expect it to see it coming. But this one they like showed it real fast. You felt the same? I felt it was necessary for, um, I know a lot of people didn't like the fact that we was introduced to the Guardians of the Globe from the jump, as opposed to them taking on the Molar Twins, as opposed to uh, the team team taking on the Molar Twins at the start of it. Um, mm -hmm. I think because what we got at the end of that episode, I felt it was, in, it, I felt it was proper to introduce first. Get the so you see the dynamic of the team and you see how Omni Man was just an outside presence. So it was like I knew it was gonna happen, but I didn't know what episode was gonna happen. So I was I was shocked that it happened so quick, but then rewatching it, seeing that we was introduced to them from the jump, I was like, okay, that's good. And then we got to spend more time a little bit with their um, like um in the comment like Red Rush and his wife. 
um, who are barely together, so you know they was newlyweds, and so they wasn't barely even together. Um, so you get to see like their their backstory a little bit. Um, but I kind of feel it was kind of funny, but fuck yet fucked up. Minus Lenny James, Lauren Cohen, Daniel Cutlets, um, also Lenny James, but Ross Marquand, um, Sequoia Green, and uh, forgetting another person. I might be forgetting another. No, Ross Marquand did a bunch of voices. He did um, the alien. Um, no, um, Coleman, um, the dude who played Tyrese was the alien. Mm. Uh, Ross Marquand was um, Immortal and the fish dude. I keep forgetting that guy's name. Um, Sequoia, <laughs> uh, Sequoia Green was... Um, they never said her hero name. Because um, it was originally a dude in the comic books and they switched it to a woman. And I didn't, and I didn't mind that change because I'm like... Invincible came out in 2003. Alright? 2003! So we're looking at 20 years, man. That's fucking yeah. 20 years. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the com. I'm looking through the comic right now. They changed a lot. Yes, a um, lot. It's- I was gonna say, um, yeah, the majority of the Walking Dead actors are the ones that got killed off at the end of episode one. <laughs> uh, I, like I was looking to like uh, um, Lenny James, who um, he's he's still alive and feared the Walking Dead, and Steve and Steve Young too, and, and Steve Young, but Steve Young is invincible. Oh, and Rosh Marquand is still technically alive. That dude is, I think, one hell of a fucking voice actor. Like, the the amount of voices he's he's done so far for four episodes is just phenomenal. Like, I'm sorry, Nolan North. I'm sorry, Troy Baker. Let's get more Ross Marquand. Like, dude is Red Skull now in the MCU. Like, I'm I'm waiting to see him as Red Skull in the MCU. Like, dude is that good. But you were saying on the changes? Because I know you said it was like, there's some significant Yeah, some villains, some plot points. Like, they skipped a lot, which is interesting. Um... You know, like, especially with the Guardians of the Globe, when they fought, like, um, Nolan, a.k.a. Omni-Man, like, it it wasn't a fight. It was a massacre in the comics, you know? It was just, like, like he just, like, ran up on them and killed every single one of them. And, he, like, you know, it's just, like, these splash pages of them dying. And, you know, um, Dermot was like, who are you? Show yourself. And then Omni-Man kills him, too, before showing himself. And the last page just shows Omni-Man standing over his body like that's completely different from what we got but like i guess they need to entertain the um what's it called the um people that's not well versed in the comic book so they're just gonna just show like that whole fight scene which makes me feel like omni man's weaker than than he is in the com- comics right because omni man was like untouchable when he was fighting the Guardians of the Globe. And in this, he was like, he had his ass hit to him and he almost died. Yeah. And uh, so we we didn't even get we, we didn't even get that whole like hospital thing in the comics at all. So yeah. I think for that one, I wouldn't say he was hesitant. I think some people thought he was hesitant. Like, no, they were just not seeing him using 
the full extent of his powers. I don't think Amin was like going at one hundred percent like he was in the comic. Like, nah, he was. He was going hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, Swan. I, I, I feel like the brother <laughs> got it. Got it bad. He, he literally just got whiplash, and he was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was, well. I was expecting the level of brutality, but just, jeez. Like, my brother, my younger brother, he does not like, he does not like um, a lot of excess, excess of gore. And that really did, like, that, that took him out. Like, he don't want to, like, see any more of that. I'm not going to like when Invincible Fight Conquest, when that ever happens. Um, but, um, what was that? Yeah, I think there's like a very heavy new gore in the um, TV show versus the comics. Um, uh, in the comics, when, when there's gore, you like, shit is going down. Yeah. But they just a casually implemented gore, which loses its impact. But I think what makes this, and everybody keeps comparing it to the boys. The boys, I, I feel, I've always felt like Garth Ennis doesn't like, like, how Alan Moore views superheroes. I think Garth Ennis views them as more dicks. Like, look at his run of the Punisher, where a lot of heroes getting, like, um, I think it was because of him we got, like, a specific hero versus the Marvel Universe, or, like, this versus somebody. Like, if you look at his run on the, um, his pre Preacher, now the boys, Garth Ennis, like, really don't like heroes. In general, like, everyone is fallible. Here in Invincible, you've seen, and the reason why I think Robert Kirkman's approach to it is, um, I think to superheroes is a lot better. He's treating it like it's the real world. Like, there are people, like, a good example, when Mark was trying to save that old woman, he's not realizing, like, yes, he's panicky, but he's not in the full scope of, like, he needs to depower a little bit. Don't go at full strength to save someone. Like, he's still learning. Like, him causing harm. And that, and you see him like dealing with it, like he he don't want to hurt nobody while trying to slay somebody. <laughs> while, um, Omni Man, I feel like the heroes, him versus those heroes. I wouldn't say give them a fight. I think he was just toy fucking with them, and then he was like, "You know what? All right, now I'm just gonna kill everybody." Dog, uh, I don't think he was toying with them at all. <laughs> I think he was. I think he the, was struggling. He let Red Rush do as much as he did. No, it was. To, I can't believe I'm beating around the bush. It was to show, like, oh, I got attacked as well. To keep up that lie, basically, just to keep up the lie. I am blind as fuck on that. We both are blind because just think about it. Like he was, he killed them and he was, and he was out. Here, you're going to assume he did it. So, what's better to let them fuck him up than he just lay out there like this? I was ambushed like the rest of them. But also, and you touched on it at the start. Nolan was being antagonistic to um to Mark from the jump when he got his powers. Oh yeah, like yeah, it's because he's he's afraid. He's afraid. I don't think he's afraid. He just I no. I I think he's I think he's afraid of what he would have to do 
you know. You know, he's always just hesitant. Like, he changes plans and stuff like that. He didn't have, like, opposition. He knows that, like, Mark is well seated into his love for Earth versus um, Viltrumite, whatever the planet called. Um, you had it right. Because... So his dad has like almost loyalty to Vitramite. He came to the planet, scoped, scoping it out. He's like, okay, I'm going to rule this and conquer this planet. He fell in love with his mom and they had a child. And he hoped that that child didn't have powers because he would have to probably murder that kid if he has to. You know, that's why he's like tough on him. That's why he's like, oh, your opponent won't pull punches when he's like, um, when you punch them and stuff like that. And, like, there's moments you can see, like, he's like, should I kill him now? Or stuff like that. You know? Um, yeah, because I, I... So there's a little bit... I'll continue. Uh, I was going to say, I going back to the comic, he yeah, he was being more nurturing, and it, and it also pulls back to when he was talking about Vertramite, um, about how they was able to access their powers from the jump. So, like, it's more natural ease. Like he was expecting Mark to be like that as born. It seemed that it took till his seventeenth birthday for the powers to finally kick in. Um, you see him like really pushing him and goading him to like get stronger, get faster. Like you really, you really do see it. And it's also fuck with Mark attitude wise. So it's like he's still yeah he's half human half butchermite. But he's still inherently human. Like his anchor is his mom right after that. So that. Sure. Sure. So but I have I don't have no I don't have no love. I have biases because I I have gotten farther enough where I'm like, fuck this dude. I was already fucked this dude from the jump when the show started. Cause I'm like, I know where you end up. I didn't know what you did. You don't. You can't say you love somebody and you do what you did. Fuck Omni Man. Right? <laughs> you think so? You I mean, think so? I think he. I I think he loves him. I think he loves him. I, honestly, we, we, we won't do future sports. We won't do future sports. I, just, I I I know people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" I'm sorry, I'm bringing the history here, but I think the issue. I think the issue is that Nolan loves his family. Omni Man loves his family. That's all I'm gonna say. That's the issue. Okay. Um, That's why he's so conflicted. Uh, <laughs> once an evil villain, always. Um, Adam, we get we get the mutant T team, and right off the bat, it took me to the third episode to realize that was Zachary Quinto. As a robot, <laughs> he has a nice mantra. Because I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that is a damn. That is perfect casting. And then Walter Goggins <laughs> as Cecil Stedman, and I. It took me. It took to a point where Cecil was screaming at somebody, where I can hear like you can hear like Walter Goggins' tone, like vocal tone. Like I'm so used to seeing with the the the, the country accent. Stop, like justified or that show he did with um oh shit um he was in this is the end um danny mcbride um when he was playing um vice principals 
Like I'm used to that that vocal tone from Walter Goggins, so hearing him as Cecil, I'm like, wow, I did not know that was you. Um, John Hand is in the show, and I don't even know who the fuck is he playing. He's there in plain sight, but I just don't know who the fuck is he playing. So I'm like, you can always use Amazon X-ray while you're watching it to see. I on the third playthrough. I'm this Invincibles. It's off just already. I it'd be like a repeater. Like you know, you always have these shows like The Office, where everybody just keep rewatching The Office. Invincible is the type of show that's gonna make me keep rewatching it, and I'm like, because there are things that like on repeat viewing. Like when Nolan is talking, uh, first episode when Nolan is talking to Mark about him getting powers. There's a line he said, you'll be interested in women and young girl and girls as you get older. That line is not there no more. So they omit that. So there's like, oh, they're making it for the times. That's where that was like before we talked about um gender bias, non-binary, was that was not even a thought back in 2003. And now that we're in this new social constant, um, it's great to see like the subtle changes. Like Amber was a blonde, blue-eyed white girl. Now, Ember looks like Zazie Beats, which I am not complaining. Like, let's go, Zazie Beats. I don't know, man. Her hair looks weird to me. <laughs> oh, there's, there's some women out there. Got to come out here in Atlanta. Um, but uh, there is uh, something that was brought up, and unfortunately, we couldn't record this earlier. Um, voiceovers certain i feel like and i want to get your take i feel okay. um oh my god i can forget her name her name was she was britta and the um in community mm-hmm. what, what was her what's it <laughs> isn't she eve yeah um, let me I'm like, I'm oh, like, Jillian Jacobs. There we go, Jillian Jacobs. Not Jillian Jacobs. No, is this Jillian Jacobs? Yeah, Jillian Jacobs. But I don't feel like I'm. If she would have used her vocal pitch as Britta in Community, I feel like she will work as Eve. Whatever vocal tone she's going with with Eve here, I don't feel like it fits. Like, she just don't seem like... You could have gotten a younger actress or... Hell, I feel like Zazie Beetz could have played um, Adam Eve vocally um, a little bit better. Like, if they would have switched the characters. Like, if Jillian Jacobs was Amber and Zazie Beetz was Adam Eve, I think that would have worked. Like, I like Jason Matukas. And him as Rex Explode, I was like, I don't see, like, I want to see Jason Matukas play a serious role. And I think as close as got we with that was John Wick 3 when he was the um, the trash man for uh, Lawrence Fishburne. That's as close as we're going to get for him to be a, 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 to a serious role. If he would have been the immortal, and have maybe have like, I know he is typecast as Dave Franco as Rex. 
would probably would probably would have worked. That's just me. I, I did that's just me. I'm like the some of the voiceovers I think voice actors were miscast and it just didn't fit. I feel I feel like Sandra O, oh, um, J.K. Simmons and Stephen Yoon fit their characters one hundred percent. Because J.K. Simmons has that voice, like mine is um whiplash. I I'm not gonna sit back. Fuck that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, J.K. Simmons got that voice. <laughs> Do you have the same problem as me, or are you just like, eh, it's all right. I'm all right with the voices. Um, I think I like how all the characters fit. Um, I I love Rex Flood. Uh, what you said? No, I was like, I keep forgetting. We're on, we're online. Got delays between our uh, between the both of us. Yes, yeah. So like, um, Rex. So like, I like Rex Flo's voice. Like, he's like the ultimate douche, and like the voice for him. Like, I um, I don't know who the actor is. Um, I know you said his name, but I'm not familiar with a lot of his work. I know he's in uh, what's it called? That Brooklyn Nine Nine. That show about. He's in Brooklyn Nine Nine, the League. Um, what about that one cartoon, though? Close enough. One of my favorites. So, so yeah, I think he's like one of the standout voices in there. Actually, I think he plays his role very well. It makes me believe that Rex is like the ultimate douche by like just how his voice sounds. Um, like just like hearing like the words that come out of his mouth just makes me not like him. Just hearing him talk. Like he could be just saying something casually, and I'm like, I don't like this guy at all. Um, the my problem was with Invincible. Um, yes, the animation. Like I feel like it's very choppy. I feel like it could have been like much better, I, I, especially like some of the 3D animations with like the aliens coming out of the portal. Um, I just think it's like cheaply done. I I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I do have a problem comparing anime to American anime. Don't don't do that. Don't do it. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't really have a problem because I treat it as like Robot said they're from another dimension. So which means they're more likely stand out more as opposed to what this world looks like. Like equate we're gonna I'm gonna equate it to when um Invincible meets Langstrom. Um, not Langstrom. Armstrong. I'm gonna say Dr. Levy. Can't pronounce it. Um, where he was when he sent Invincible through those different dimensions and he ended up meeting Spider-Man. Like, I equated to that. Um, so a different dimension is a different maybe animation style. I like the, the animation because it looks close to Corey Walker's artwork as much as it, it does, and I and I appreciate when animators or animation studios Get the artwork looking as close to the anime um the um artist work as well. without like also without like compromising their own style that and that and I, and I like that but I didn't really have a problem with that mm. um but I know people like don't don't like the animation as much why I'm opposed to the work I felt like this the first episode was strong introduction um. Title cards, they're gonna have to figure out how to do those. Like, <laughs> you wanna put the title card here? Okay. All right. Fine. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I guess the stick for it is just like every time someone says like, "Oh, you're not," they show Invincible's <laughs> title card up. I know. I'm or like, like, "Oh, what do you think? You're invincible." <laughs> like, I, mean, I think that's a clever way to implement it. Um, great use of Mark Hamill in the first episode. I mean, like, hells, yeah. It's like Mark is like, all right, this should be a drinking game. Watch, just watch any form of anime or cartoon, and if Mark Hamill pops up, take a shot. I have a list of cartoons that people drunk. But, um, great introduction. Um, we have Dark Blood, um, Clancy Brown, prolific voice actor. Still surprised me that he was the voice of um Mr. Krabs. <laughs> I'm I'm still I'm sure he's probably making he's probably making so much money just from doing that. Oh fuck yeah. I mean come on. Yes. Um so episode two, the funeral of Um I thought here they was gonna lean more into the image universe or the skybound universe if Will um see Savage Dragon, some of the other like um iconic characters from this world in in here. Um there, there was an interview where if it gets a second season, we could see more of this world. So we see maybe Savage Dragon like I had not seen a Savage Dragon cartoon since night So that that is a thing. Long time and also I'm aging myself. Everybody. Is it? Is you think it may be because licensing issues? Probably, because I think Savage Dragon. I don't know who has the the rights for Savage Dragon. I know they're trying to turn that into a movie. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. Because uh, I don't know, not no one is digging cops at the moment. You want to do a cop movie? Uh, Dude, who who is a uh, anthropomorphic dragon with human body? He fits more better invincible. Um, oops, excuse me. Um, but then you have some characters like uh, Robert Kirkman created, like Tech Jacket, who I, I feel could pop up. Um, here one of the, one of these. Well, if it gets back to first. But in this episode, we see Nolan be more aggressive, um, more blasé to the death of, well, not really, his, but um, more, more of a better introduction to um, the team team. Um, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was just like more introduction to like seeing like um after her mark is getting just to his powers, um and seeing the team team and like the tryouts for the this this was the episode with the tryouts for the um Guardians of the Globe, yeah? yeah. Um seeing like all these other different heroes and like seeing how expansive this world is with the superheroes and I think um, another thing you can think about, like um, you brought up a good point with Savage Dragon, is that I don't think they're going to be um, actually showing us all these 
some, you know, I, I don't think they're going to have any spinoffs from the show. It's going to be Invincible. You know, you you know how like Invincible like um, has spinoffs from it, like um, uh, different heroes and stuff like that. But I don't think they're going to go that route with the show. So, um, is, I found this episode very enjoyable. Um, getting diving deep, learning more about the lore, seeing the Damon Demon guy going around sniffing around and like I love his I just love like there's like a lore and like world building and that like this world existed before we even saw it so they like refer to things that we don't even know what they're talking about you know Mm -hmm. so um, you know like how they was like oh you're just doing this because you don't want to go back to hell and stuff like that how everyone just keeps on antagonizing him when he just like really just wants to get down to the um, nitty gritty the details and he actually like wants to solve this crime that happened. Yeah, so and this murder mystery that is going on there, like like only technically only him and Stedman, literally. Stedman as well, but he's not really being proactive about it. But um until we don't want to like we said we don't want to jump because he Stedman does say something as he goes forward on on the death of Guardians of the Globe. But if some people I know I'm gonna piggyback back and forth to what people Ours. But I know people didn't like the fact that the Guardians of the Globe was not buried publicly, but they even stated in the comic book have villains grave robbing. Like the Molar twins in the comic book took the immortal's body and manipulated him. Here, Cecil has Immortal's body, which is I think a lot mm-hmm. more better. Um and then the fact that they are secretly buried as opposed to being publicly buried. I feel it's a lot more better, and I and I, you can tell subtle changes. It fits better narratively, as opposed to just like sticking to a point in the comic. Like expanding, like a show can expand things more than just a comic book would. Like people are going to question, and people are still questioning everything in the show. But at least like the show is just being more better. I, I want to say Robert Kirkman is expanding more to what he wrote. Him and the and him and the rest mm. essentially like all right this fit uh, yeah thin, yeah it's, it's not gonna fit or fly now. I, I feel like I feel like it's like his check second chance to write the wrongs that he did in the first, in the comic originally. So he's gonna change some things up to make more sense. Mm-hmm. Just like um the Omni Man fight scene, like it didn't make sense that they didn't suspect him, you know, in the comic book. But like in this um. Was even Damon in the comic? I went was back in the there? comic. I did not see him in the comic. Um, in the first couple of um, I burned through the first five trades <laughs> right now. So no, I have not seen Dark Blood in the in the in the trade. So, so like the fact is that did they even like introduce the character that didn't exist in the comic books to investigate Nolan? Like, you know, like um, the fact that he wasn't suspected at all was like. You know, it's like kind of like a big plot hole, you know. But like, and this, he's like, let me write my wrong by like making him fight um the guards of the globe and like getting almost beaten to death. By um, I'm sure it wasn't part of his plan to get beaten to death because like that man almost <laughs> that man looked like he was about to die um after he fought uh, for the that fight and like passed out. Yeah. So. So that like was a happy coincidence that like they found him all bloodied up so he could be like, "Yo, I tried to defend myself against this thing," 
and I was just murdered. And now they have Damon Darkblood investigating him. And so I just thought, yeah, I just think that this is Robbie Kirkman righting his wrongs. Was it episode three? In some regard. Was it episode three or, or two right now where we meet Alan the alien? I think it's episode two. Okay, I think so it's episode two. Um, we do. Seth yeah. Rogen um, cast himself as Alan the alien. Um, I know some people. Like, what the? What is the budget for this show? Oh my gosh. Like, the voice actors that they got for this is like astounding. It's because it's the fact that Seth Rogen and his um, writing partner, co director, producer, Evan Goldberg, they help make Invincible. They're still, they're still attached to produce and possibly direct the live action movie. That's a live action movie? Yeah, he, he, it was announced. Um, he, he his company got the rights to Invincible, and that they was going to produce a live action movie. And then you hear, oh, there's going to be a TV show now, but the live action movie is still on the cards. And even Seth Rogen like this, there's ways you can like. He's behind technically the boys and preacher. So Seb Rogen knows how to help adapt comic books to basically what we got now. And he's a comic book nerd himself. So the fact that he was cast as Alan the Alien and he had worked and apparently he has worked not at the same time, but at like different points of time with all the actors who are voicing these characters. And plus Robert Kirkman still is in good favor with all these voice actors. <laughs> so it's like, hey, it makes sense. Like, apparently, John Hamm was up for the role of Negan. He just passed on it. Mm. And he said his, um, Negan was based off his look for Mad Men. So, like, it made sense. Like, oh, I couldn't get you for... Robert Kirkman was like, we couldn't get him for The Walking Dead. Let's try to get him for, uh, Invincible, just to voice of character. And he probably was like, yeah, sure. It's just a voice role. I just said, I don't do this. Like, um... Seth Rogen, like, if we do get a live-action Invincible, I won't be surprised if he once again voices Alan Alien again. Because it's just, uh, for him, you can get someone else, like, we'll uh, equate it to this. Stallone is playing, is voicing King Shark, while a stuntman is is motion-capturing King Shark in The Suicide Squad. Like, you can easily do that for an Invincible live-action. So, yeah, Invincible Live Action, coming soon. Whenever it's going to happen, it's going to happen. That is going to be, I think that's going to be get their eyes on more because it's like, how are you going to adapt that into a two-hour movie? Like, the movie will, t- if the movie ends with Mark getting his ass kicked by his dad, put into a coma, people are going to like, you really want to end the movie that way? It'll be a bold choice to end an Invincible movie like that. The hero gets put into a coma while the villain, technically the father, gets to go away. That would be a bold choice, but I would love to see that in the movie. Because it would set up for a sequel, and then you hope to, like, you hope it does well. Hey, can't for spoilers, though. Oh, <laughs> Some people don't know I don't know, future spoiler, future spoiler. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Shit, I'm breaking my own fucking rule. Damn it. <laughs> 
Damn. All right. Um, I said, I said what I said. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though. People are already talking about that ending. And then if you have um, Amazon Prime, you do see, like, an image of the bloody Invincible and Omni-Man just standing there. So... Do you? Think of that what you will. But you'll know. But, but you'll know. <laughs> Why... Right. I'm not gonna say anymore. I'm not gonna say anymore. I'm not gonna say anymore. Alan the Alien, <laughs> Seth Rogen, um, was not surprised because like he he did do an episode on Preacher and he did do an episode on the Boys. So he's he's trying to be the Stan Lee for his own little thing, which is fine. Except for he gets to be an actual character and a more future. Um. It's not, it, here we get to meet Monster Girl, and that is a great introduction to Monster Girl. Rex Blow talking his talking mad shit, and he gets his ass beat. And the Invisible is like, "Yo, yo, you stop!" <laughs> and I like that that the party's like, "Yo, Invisible hit a girl." He's like, "Ooh, <laughs> he's like, oh shit. crap!" <laughs> like she's like, "Nah, it's all good." That did take it too far. <laughs> but another thing is like the um, remember the scene where like robot um, was like, "Yo, um, I'm gonna need you coming in practice, blah blah blah." Like at this time, and she's like, "Yo, I can't do that because like every time I transform, I get younger." I'm like, "Damn, that's like a horrible power to have." Then because uh, and like it, did you say her backstory? Because I don't think they're gonna get to it. Only four episodes. Really? Mm, maybe let's let's let the season right out right. and see. But like, to I don't know they said a little bit of it, but like I just like love how these characters have like a history and stuff like that, and not just dare to be filling in like the holes in the Vincible's life. Like these characters have their own lives and their own backstory to like how they got their powers and how their powers affect them and how their lives are by those powers. Mm-hmm. So I just love the writing in that yeah. regard. And then showing like these people are as real as possible because um in episode three, well no technically this was episode three because with um the team team became the guard new guards of the globe because it was episode two no episode three because Mark and Amber finally got together, but you see Rex. It was episode two where Rex cheated on Eve with Duplicate. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you nasty. That was, that was a funny ass <laughs> Like, bruh, like, you deserve... She's like, nah, when, we, when Rex was getting his ass beat, like, nah, he, he can deal with it. He opened his mouth. He can deal with the consequences. Like, like yeah, <laughs> yep, 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 you fucked up, Rex. Cause nobody want to save you. And then we get to episode three, um, when Robot is um, like you said, when he's meeting with um, Monster Girl, Rex is just talking mad shit about Black Samson. Black Samson, voiced by Kari Payton. Ep- that was funny. <laughs> like I'll beat your ass if you call me daddy. I'm like ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like Rex, you better shut the fuck oh up. Oh my god! Like, whoo! Yeah, 
And then he was like, yeah, like, um, you lose, you're good at losing your power, stuff like that. And so, like, it, oh, they always hint back towards, like, the previous history of this show. Like, you're like, um, how did he lose his powers? Why happened? What does the suit does now, like, to make him good enough to be part of the Guardians of the Globe again? Like, he has, like, a pre-established history of him being, like, one of the best superheroes, being so good that he was, like, originally part of the Guardians of the Globe. And something happened that he lost his powers, and now he's back again with the super suit. So, like, there's lots. I just can't wait for, like, these characters to be fleshed, fleshed out, you know, seeing what Robert Kirkman has underneath his sleeves. Of like, you talking about I could have helped the Guardians of the Globe in that fight. Like, I was like, I'm not dropping the end bomb here, but I'll be like, oh, you would have died just as easily as everyone else saying you're gonna. Like, the audience knows, and the readers know what happened. It's just, you see characters talking mad shit, and they think they can do something. And you go back to the first, part, first all the way back to the first comic, reading that panel, you be like, Nah, fool, you'd be dead just like everyone else. Get out of here. Like, and you see the arrogance from Black Samson. Like, I know what happens to you, but I just let this play out. <laughs> like, we just, just let this play out, Black Samson. What happens to you? I know what happens to Rex. Um, then we get to episode three. This one definitely had a lot of people texting me. Is robot a traitor? I'm like, you got you gotta hold on. Hold on. Like you gotta <laughs> see what he's doing. You gotta yeah. see what he's doing. And he's like, what about Cecil? He's like, Cecil got his own machination. He think, I was like, think of him like Nick Fury. He has his own machination. Alright. So there was like, okay. But um you see um Nolan looking at the new girls of the globe, calling them pathetic with that scowl on his face. Um, letting more mm-hmm. go to space to fight Alan. Um, Alan getting Uarf and Earth wrong. Um, Dr. Seismic was introduced here, which was a great introduction. Um, and people think he's dead. I know people think he's dead. And once again, no future spoilers. But did you see a body, though? <laughs> yeah, you don't see a body. You don't see a body. Um, see more of a team up with um Eve and Mark, which which builds their relationship, like giving us that that stepping stone. Um, and a lot of and going back to reading the comic book, I'm like, okay, we we lose the the teacher turning the classmates into ticking time bombs because his life was ruined because of bullies. Um, because his son died of suicide, and in turn, his wife divorcing him. Job, all stems from high school. So we lose that story arc. We lose the story arc where Mark yeah. is literally constantly going like, "I am not in a relationship with Eve." Like, especially his confrontation. Like, the teacher knew it was Mark and Eve as their hero, um, alternate hero, um, their hero abilities when they meet with them. So we lose that. Um, I do kind of feel like that was a missed opportunity because we get to see more of the T team, more of Robot, um, especially what he's doing behind the scenes, especially at that part in time in the comic. So that is that is from episode three. So I do kind of feel like, well, 
tying into episode three because they also deal with Doctor Seismic at the same time. I do. You feel like you feel like they're moving out too fast of a pace. Yeah, because they're 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 knocking. I understand eight episodes, and I wish this it was a little bit longer for an animated series. Um, but it's hour long, so it's like that's a good. I feel like, yes, it's an hour long. You should be able to like you can include stuff in comics. Like that storyline, I felt was like important, but that's out. Um, and I do agree they're moving too fast because we get to episode four. Mark is officially in space in Mars, but that takes place when he was in college. And we're introduced to here, him in high school. So I'm like, is it going to be a high school dropout? That's what we're going to promote in Invincible? Like college dropout, okay, it's understandable because he's making money being in the government, but huh. I, I I feel they moving too fast. By that point when they got when we got to space and we um I felt they did like I do agree with you, I felt they just moved too fast. But we do get an amazing guest star for the episode though. You know and that is Diamond Hansen. Mm, I'm familiar with the actor. Seriously, Jamin Hansen. He was Korg and uh, mm. not Korg. Um, he was that. Um, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy when Star Lord was like, "I'm Star Lord." He's like, "Who?" Blood Diamond. He was the wizard in Shazam. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Bruh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh. Ooh. Who did he voice in this? The Mars King. Ah. Uh. The Martian King, bruh. Yeah, put some respect on Jamin Hans's name. Yeah, put some respect on his name, man. And, and that's and like a little bit of foreshadowing too, you know, in that episode when he's like, "Oh, have you heard of us, Vigilmites? Like we go over the uh, world helping." And immediately the Martians was like, we heard of you and like was like super aggressive at that point. Yeah. It was like, I think Mark fucked up by saying he was, he could have just said he was half human, half vitramite. Probably fine. The same strain outright on vitramite. Like he needs to know. I, I, I feel like he doesn't realize he's half, like he's not pure blood like his father. And I think we're gonna get more of that as we get as because we we got four more episodes left, so I feel we're at some point in these next four we're gonna get that. Like I know Mark and the new shapeshifter come friends because that was shown in the um towards the end of the episodes that the one of the Martians left um with them, so that was like. Are they gonna bring that character in season one or season two? So we're gonna get that shapeshifter at some point in the rest of the season. Of this first season. Um Shoot, Mars is fucked up. <laughs> I know. It really is now it's fucked. Um and then we get um Livermore. We get that Cecil knows what the fuck is going on. He, he knows Nolan is responsible. He's letting this play out. I don't think he. 
He mm. told when he when he exercised when they him and um Daniel exercised dark blood out. He stated like he knew was he knows like he has an inkling. He's just letting it play out like really. Oh yeah, he's he has an inkling, but like he needs like irrefutable doubt. Like I think Cecil's going about it smart, and like he's like okay, what if he was the killer? What do we do then? We have nothing to stop him. We have no one that can fight against them. And he's like, and you can see that he's like putting some faith in Invincible. He's like, I want to see what this kid's about and where his heart's at. Because honestly, it would be Invincible, the one that'd be able to stop Nolan eventually. So he's going to try and nurture him, you know, to like become like this best superhero, better than his father, um, so he can like actually fight him. If he ends up being the bad guy, um, if his suspicions is confirmed, it was a confirmation, but like he needed like um, blood, Damon Dark Blood to like step off because like if he like if he pisses him off so much, he's like gonna be fuck it. I'm just gonna kill everyone, yeah, and then nothing gonna stop me. I'm just gonna get rid of this facade. And well, what happens then? Like, who's gonna stop him then? Yeah, like quit pushing, like quit fucking getting close to pushing the red button. We're not ready to deal with the rebel pushing the red button. Um, yeah, we do see Nolan just being blase about like not giving a fuck because he let that dragon wreak havoc on fucking France <laughs> while him and Debbie are just like chilling. I'm like, wow, he really do not give a fuck. He really does not give a fuck. I think I would have the same mentality if I were to though. Like, you can't be everywhere at once. You can't save people all the time. Um, you can't like be there like. You need, you know, you have a life of your own, Even and like they have to... their own, they have their own heroes right there to come and save them. Even if your like wife that. tells right. you to go save the day, go help, you're gonna still say no. I'm probably be... you gotta I... think like their scope of life is like completely different than ours. I know, probably. but if, like my wife, that if my own wife tells me you need to go save the day, like we still have the rest of the day for us, I'll be like, all right. I'm off. That just shows like that. That shows like you can see like she's already putting the pieces together herself. And I do like, and also I do like the fact that we get to spend a little bit with her and what she does for her job, and how she was trying to be nurturing to Red Rush. Um, and you just like you see like he was just fed up. Her wife, Red Rush's wife, was just fed up. Like fuck this. Shit. Like she really thinks think- she thinks Debbie was just like for the government. Like Debbie's legit trying to be genuine. Like I think Cecil to a point is still a dick. Cause once again, future spoilers, and we're not gonna go. I know Cecil is a fucking dick, but you can see Debbie's. He's a dick for the right. He's a dick for the right reasons. <laughs> but to the point where people wanted like civilians. Like you see, Debbie doesn't take Cecil shit. Or not to like no, nah, I don't. I don't give a fuck about you. Like Debbie's a ride or die. Right? I like, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. It's just um, Cecil man. I that her man died. I don't. I just don't trust Cecil. That's just me. And then I don't know what happens. It's just I love. Mm-hmm. It. I, just, I think. I, I think you. I think you got further in the comics than I. I know. I got yeah. further enough in the comics to be like. And that, and this is what I like. This is what I'm enjoying the series so much. Like, what is being 
I know there's most people who don't like. I always equate this, and I learned this from John Schnepp, who passed away in um, 2012. He's a um, he helped make Metalocalypse, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, the comic writer himself. He said not everything can be a hundred percent adapted, one to one, adapted. He was like, there are necessary changes, and we and we are literally seeing it here for a TV show, which people assume because it's an animated series. They're going to adapt it one-to-one for the comic. Getting to this point where we're at in episode four, I don't mind the changes because ones we just said literally close to an hour ago, um, we're, we're expanding more to the lore of Invincible, to the story of Invincible. We're getting to know more of the characters besides Mark himself. So... I like that, and so when we seen what with with Debbie, like she's now having self doubts of her husband, and I think after this episode, she's probably feel like she's valid. She just once again herself being like, "All right, I have a super powered husband who's already on the edge in the first place, who's acting blase, like being angry, like like how he almost killed Cecil." I think Cecil teleported in the house on purpose <laughs> instead of teleporting in at the front door. I think he did that on purpose. Mm. I, I seriously feel like he did that on purpose. He's like, you saw how on, he was him and Deb, I mean, man, Nolan and Debbie was already arguing in the first place. So, and then just to him to teleport in right at that moment. So, I, so I, much I, difference. It, it is so different that like they're uh, inserting um her name's Debbie, correct? Yes. Yes. How they like having Debbie get more screen time, see her personality, see how her effect on Nolan is, and, like how they're playing like this um suspicion game, you know, um with Nolan. Like when this wasn't even a factor in the comics, so this adds a new dimension to it. And I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving this dimension story to this characterization. In it. Um, now we're gonna get to the rating portion. Episode one, we're gonna give it between one and ten. Um, I would say a ten. Episode two. Um, eight. About like a seven point five. Oh, all right. And episode four. Eight. For me, episode one, like you, gets it, uh, but not like uh, a nine point five. I feel if, you wanna, if this is gonna be a premiere episode, it should be at least two up and two hours long. I'm fine. You know, just let, let push us a little bit forward, a little bit more. But I like the fact that um, we get introduced to the Guardians of the Globe off the jump. Get to meet these characters, these heroes. Learn more, a little, little more about them before they're untimely, which was um unexpected. But the the point five is the fact that I feel like certain character elements for Mark, um, his friends, his high school friends, should have been a little bit more fleshed out. A little more in the first episode. 
Like, let us spend a little bit more time with Mark and his friends, William, Amber, Todd. It was a real, wholly different, woefully. Um, so that gets the that gets the point off because we don't get to spend a little bit more time with him. Um, mm. it's, still, it's still a good introductory episode. Bye. Um, episode two, I give it. Mm, we give it an eight point five. It still keeps up with the forward momentum. Um, like the song choices, we get to hear his theme a little bit. Uh, we meet the teen team, um, get a little bit more um, with Cecil. Well, we introduce to Cecil, Adam E, Rex Duplicate, Robot. We get to episode three, um, the Vlaxons. Um, then episode three, well, we really get to see um, as much as of evil knowing as we can when the flaxes are when they're dead when they when they when the team team is about to die including Vessel himself and his pops comes in and just wipes them out and then goes in that portal and just decimates my goodness yes Kills. yes that was an amazing scene as well especially with the words earth is not yours to conquer yeah. Oof. Like if that what a foreshadow. Foreboding. Like you're right. That's <laughs> the most foreshadowing shit ever. Um. Uh, so episode two gets eight point um an eight point five, while episode three, because of that specifically, goes back to a nine. Just. And I want to add another thing. Just think of that as the parallel to Earth. You know, as it sees so like totally blows his shit, like. We that planet will end up just like Earth will end up just like that planet. No one there to stop him. Yeah. Um, episode four. That one's gonna get the seven point five. I seriously feel okay. that they're jumping too. They jump it too fast. Um, but it also, I I feel like putting all their cards, like Cecil putting all their cards, the story element of Cecil putting all his cards on Mark and giving them all, and then just like all this to do while still a high school student, like he's still a high school student like if he was a college student, that's understandable but, like, and it started with episode technically three, where he teleported in Mark's room, give him the earbud, which is very significant later on um and have Mark do all, um, be a hero, like, need to do what I say. I'm like, motherfucker, you ain't my parent. You don't own me. The government can't, you, you couldn't hold down my father. Why are you trying to hold me down? It's like, fuck you. Um, like, I wanted, I wanted that, like, that, that angst. I'm like, but, you know, we, we'll get there. Four episodes in. Four episodes left. So, overall, that episode gets the seven points. But it's still fun. Mm. I'm enjoying the um. That is there. The reason why it gets the point five. That is where you hear more of Invincible's theme. That episode three and episode four, you hear more of Invincible's theme itself. Um. And yeah, that's the first four episodes. I can't wait till. Like I'm so tempted to like hold off on doing the next couple episodes for the review. <laughs> just like burn through the whole fucking thing because we could just have a whole entire, just a whole entire episodes to talk about the whole entire series. It's like I'm gonna fucking eat each. Like I, 
like WandaVision, I'm glad we're getting this again. This once a week type of thing. Then the Netflix part of me just got spoiled and I want everything now. Dude, me too, but it's nice to get this little research of um, watching all these shows on Fridays. Like, okay, which shows are going to watch? Okay, a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, I watched that. Okay, The Mighty Ducks. Okay, I watched that. Okay, um, Invincible. I watched that. You know, it's just like, it's it's nice to just like pace yourself between these shows instead of just going it all out. It gives me th- things to look forward to other than like, like binge watching is good so I can get like the story and like, you know, in a couple settings. But like after that, I feel like there's nothing to watch. There's nothing for me to look forward to. Like I have to wait like a whole year. So yeah. in this case, we the wait for the next season is going to be a little bit less than we usually have to wait for. And I and to clarify well for me personally I didn't I didn't um for Umbrella Academy that's where I actually eased up on binge watching like I will watch two episodes of Umbrella Academy and then like the whole entire week I will watch the Umbrella Academy. Like the only time I ever like for season two I went close to two weeks to watch the entire series as opposed to the first season, right? And I think I'm gonna keep that up with it because I, I'm 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 now used to watching one, watching shows now back to watching one. Season three comes out some point this year, 2022. I mean 2021. Um, with like The Witcher season two, um. Umbrella Academy season three. I'm a, I might just implement a once a week type of thing for myself. Get hyped. Thank you, Robert Kerman, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and the voice cast. Of it. I kicked ass. And if y'all want more <laughs> Stephen Yoon, um, he is in a show that's now on Adult Swim because it was on TBS um, called Final Space. He's not the main star. He's a supporting character. He's playing Little Kato. Little avocado. That's he's a cat, a teenage cat. It's good though. I know it sounds weird, but he's he's really good in that. And I know people are like, Oscar, maybe Oscar nominated, but one of those actors who don't mind. It. To me, I think that's cool. But yeah, let us know on Twitter. What did you think of it? Like it, yes, it. and actually tell us what you dislike about it. Don't be like that person who say you hate it, and you don't clarify why you hate. It. I hate people like. That. Like I can give a whole episode of why I hate. My- and I know everyone is. Oh, so you didn't mess with Godzilla versus? Uh- Fuck that movie. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, like, you know, uh, we're going to go now. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cosmo Robot Podcast. Our episode, um, Invincible, episode one through four. Um, we'll be doing episode five next week. So, if like this one, to be a shorter episode. I like doing these shorter episodes. Multiple people. We, we love multiple opinions, but I didn't eat any headache, any hangry. So, the faster we do this, the faster the better. But... <laughs> Um, Christian will be on next week's episode. 
four, Invincible episode five. Um, he's gonna break down one through four, one through five himself. Bless you. Um, because he, thank you. This is his first time watching Invincible or getting accessing anything Invincible. So give you someone with fresh eyes. Uh, okay. Dem virginized. Dem virginized because he said he he was hooked, like the last panel, but in like the in the the extra credit scene, for, I hooked him. He wasn't expecting. <laughs> I just love. Uh-huh. I love hearing excitement. I love hearing it. And I love seeing people on Twitter. Like you go on YouTube, you type in invisible reactions. You, it's always the one person who read the comics and then that one person who's like, all right, new content, let's go. And they get to that part. And it's just seeing their eyes. It, it can go either way. I know some people, like, they don't want to fuck with it after that final part. Some people, like, I need more. And for those who want more... They should know. They should know, they should know Robert Kirkman at this point. Oh, I know. Like, Robert Kirkman has killed your favorite people. He killed Judith, baby Judith. Like getting crushed to death by Lori. So, you should know Robert Kirkman by this point. <laughs> he created Marvel Zombies. He's the reason why there's an evil Reed Richards. So, Robert Kirkman, he, he has his, um, he has his, um, I wouldn't say, uh, he has read it in his legend. And we're just, we're just watching it now. Yes. He's like the George R. R. comics. There you go. He is the George. God damn it. There you go. That's the new analogy. That's we're gonna. That's the name title of the podcast. Invincible. The George R. The George R. R. Martin. <laughs> Trust me. We even even touched. Oh fuck. We even touched about the um the robot when he when he when he did with Rex Blood's blood. We know what's gonna happen with that. Mm-hmm. But y'all don't. We're just gonna leave you with that, robot. And what? Mm-hmm. And what the twins are up to? Yep. We know, but you don't know. We're gonna leave that. We're gonna leave y'all. I, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I, shoot, we don't even know what the twins are up to since like they changed changed it up, right? You know, yeah. since like they did, they, they definitely changed it up because one of the Mueller twins is dead now. Um. We do know, and like the, he's making another clone, but mm-hmm. like they don't have um, Thermal's body. But we do know what Robot is doing with Rex's blood, though. Mm. So this is very interesting. Like I said, we'll probably if depending on how Episode Five turns out, we'll we'll dive more into that. But thank you, I always watch um, for listening to the Giant Touch. Invincible review with me and Moonboy, our hero names. Commander Desi, Moonboy, signing out. Peace out.